DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to talk with David Locke. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Oh, that's convenient. I know, right? We're broadcasting live from Murdoch Hyundai in Linden right now. We got jazz gear. The Beast tickets are gone, but we got jazz gear. Come on down. Got plenty of T-shirts, different colors. You'll love it. David joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you, David James? <laughs> I'm good. You're a little too peppy. What's up, Patrick Kinahan? Oh, I'm fired up, man. We're going to the Big 12. It's a big, like, I'm jealous, guys. I got to admit, I don't very often wish I was hosting talk shows. Um, like, really never. Um, but good. I'm jealous. Me too. This is, uh, <laughs> this, is, um, this is like one of those days and topics where if you're really good and you stretch it out, you can, there's a lot, there's, you know, there's lots. This is one of those. Well, there's a lot of different conversations to be had. And, uh, right. But this is one of those days. But this is one of those days we don't need it. We got BYU Utah tomorrow night. This is overkill, oh, yeah, David. That's bad. This is overkill. Yeah, that's bad. I'd rather have that's overkill really than underkill, timing. though. Yeah, right. Um, it's. I, I think it's a game changer for BYU. It, so the the two thoughts I have is unquestionably game changer for BYU. Um, B, Big Twelve's not what it once was. Sure, Texas, you know, Texas and Oklahoma aren't there, but it's still better than what you have. Independence really an interesting debate like this is actually what I was thinking about like does this happen without going independent like that but it kind of run its course um but it might it, you know in retrospect I think that's a really interesting debate we should probably have um and then I know that everyone only cares about football but for the totality of the student athlete experience at BYU this is way better so um this is a pretty great for all the other student athletes are at the school no, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. And I also think All right, from so the Big 12 perspective, hold on so, a second, hold on a second, wait a second. Yeah. For the Big 12 perspective, it's it, it's an enhancement for the student-athlete because BYU is really good at all those other sports you speak of. Right. And winning the Big 12, even if it's not Oklahoma-Texas Big 12 and Texas A&M Big 12, it's still better than winning the West Coast Conference. Yes. Or even competing in that and the matchups and the games. I mean, Kansas-BYU hoops is, gonna, is a lot better than Pepperdine. 20,000 strong, man. Right? And, national, you know, fine, maybe TV. that's Gonzaga. But then you also have Oklahoma State and you also have Texas, you know, Tech. Baylor, and like there's Baylor like, the national champ. Right, right. Like Texas. I was going to go with Baylor being Gonzaga. And then you got Kansas as what? Loyola Marymount? Okay, well, that, there we go. We're done. <laughs> All right, I want some uh, thoughts on this. I was like, because I have a personal invested thing in this. I did about a million talk shows just obsessed with the fact that BYU had to go independent, that it was the only answer. And then as I was to happen, I, on a few shows I've gone back and said, well, maybe I was wrong. Like, let's, you know, let's eat crow if necessary. But now, in, now that it's done, do you get a Big 12 invite had you stayed in the Mountain West? Yes. You still do. 
The Big 12's in a, in a bad place. BYU still had an enormous football stadium that was full, an enormous basketball arena was full, and had high-profile quarterbacks that people want to watch and high-rated games that are on TV. Yeah, I think they would have gotten I, I think the biggest thing, though, that makes it in a 100% no-brainer is BYU ventured independent and was able to get an ESPN deal. How many programs right. of their level could get that? Not very many. SC and Oregon, yes, we get all that. But I wonder how many programs in the Pac-12, if they just announced out of the blue, we're going independent, would ESPN want to have them as a property? And that partnership recognized BYU as a cut above so many different schools and I think that was something that played in their favor and plus of course they had easy access to be able to do it and also I think what we need to factor in is this BYU TV is something that the Big 12 wants to be a part of I don't know the entirety of all the details but I can tell you that played an important role that's interesting alright so when David and I were doing talk shows 20 years ago because we're really old if there were 10 kids that were looking at BYU and Utah's football players as recruits, let's say they're 10, nine were going to BYU and one was going to Utah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most yeah, recently, it. it feels like when B Utah went to Pac-12, after a little while, it swung. And I would say right now it feels like eight of them are going to Utah and two of them are going to BYU um, because the environment mm-hmm. at BYU is uh, now, I would, I would say you got to put in yeah. Oregon, Stanford, and SC. I was going to say now it feels like four are going to Utah, two are going yeah. to BYU, and three and okay. four are going out of state, and three of the top four are going out of state. Those are facts. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, that's totally true. Okay, so isolated though, just to the ten kids that are deciding between Utah that come down to decide between Utah and BYU, and I think you're 100 percent right. That's not totally the case. Do you think this makes it five, five, six, four? Seven three, and if so, which way? You got to win. So just to be in the thing isn't good enough. You got to win. So yes. tell me, what is the state of the programs right now? The state of Utah's program is in a much better situation. There's no, it's clear cut. It's obvious. What can BYU do? I think the 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 big question for me is, what are they going to be able to do in recruiting? Because that's what you're getting at. And can they branch out? Because we know we've all three of us have lived in the West for many, many years. Oh, not me exclusively, but you two exclusively in the entirety of your lives. Me almost. And we understand in the West, BYU, because of the religious connection and the tradition of the football program, has an extensive rep. Now, can that carry over in more so into Big 12 country? Because if they can, and even if they're not getting the kids from Utah like they, your, your point is that you're making, if they can uh, overcome that and get kids from another part of the country more consistently, then that's going to increase the level of their profile, jumping back to come full circle to your question, then that will help them get more kids in state. And recruiting is only... The, the high school recruit is just a percentage of the – still got to be good at it, right. but the transfer portal is having a huge impact. We thought yep. – certainly I thought Arizona was going to be a disaster. And I thought Arizona was probably a below-average football team, but they were not a disaster. The transfer portal upgraded them big time. I thought Utah State had a long rebuild, and they went and won at a Pac-12 school in the season opener. So I think – that BYU becomes much more attractive in the transfer portal in the Big 12. And to answer the question, there's still so many factors out there, David. 
I think they pushed stop on the playoff purely because the way they were setting up the timing, they were going to wreck the deal ESPN had in place, so they are just going to give ESPN the deal. And the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 realized, wait a minute, ESPN's in bed with the SEC. CBS and Fox will get out if they don't have the playoff. They're going to put the squeeze on us. So they're just holding on to the end of this deal with this current format. I think we're still still going to 12 teams. I think the six conference champions that are the highest rated, I think that could still be kept, in which case – the Big 12, you can argue about whether it's Power 5 and how good the Pac-12 is, but both those leagues are going to be set up to get teams into the playoff. But we got to know that that's really how it's going to play out and what the playoff's going to look like. I think it's going to look pretty much pretty similar to what we've just been told, but we're not going to know for sure. And for I'm also being years. told here as we speak, somebody's been providing me with a little bunch of information telling me that uh, in favor of you, that they could have gotten in as a Mountain West because BYU travels so well. The yes. big, big 12 yeah. was extremely impressed with that. Their fan base is playing a significant role in allowing this to happen, which you have to think is true because with BYU, you have to make some concessions, and obviously Sunday play <laughs> being a big one. I didn't know I was doing homework for the show when I was in the 10th grade or whatever, going to BYU-San Diego State games. But watching 10,000 BYU fans show up just automatically, and then 20 or 25 or 30,000 showing up for the Holiday Bowl, and our family actually went to the first one. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way BYU travels, that's incredible. It's like so, an NBA player. All right, so I might be out of date on this one just because I don't follow it the way I once did. But, you know, I remember the days where I looked at BYU's roster, and it was pretty California-heavy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the church is obviously bigger west than it is east. Sure. Right. Um, do you think the one that BYU is going to have to really find a way to schedule one or two California West Coast non-conference games every year? Because at least in that sense, they're recruiting. You know, not those California kids aren't going to want to be playing every game against Kansas, Oklahoma, Central Florida, or whatever Florida just got in. Cincinnati, they're going to want to be able right. to come home a little bit. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't see why the Pac-12 wouldn't want it unless the alliance doesn't allow it because the athletic directors want to make money and BYU helps them make money. Yes, there's right. that. They've also got, they've got four games scheduled with Stanford. I think the intriguing thing here, this will be a new parlor game, and Greg Rubel will be all over this, and so will you and I, David. BYU, depending on what year they start playing football, and, and PK has talked to some people who said, well, there's, there's multiple scenarios so out there. It's 23-24 academic year. Oh, really? Release so, just sent out. Okay. So if you go from there forward, there are some games they're going to have to let go. They're either going to have to cancel them or they're going to have to push them out a few years to spread them out because we're going to have to find out if the Big 12 is playing eight, nine, or ten games. I would guess nine, but that's purely a guess. Uh, how many conference games are they playing? How many non-conference games is BYU going to have? They've got games scheduled out there, but they do have games in California. They've got four games with Stanford out there. The other, one I'm, in, the other yeah. one I'm interested in this, and I just had a flashback. I remember being at the top of Rice-Eccles Stadium for the Pac-10 announcement, or Pac-12 announcement. Yeah. Chris Hill was you know, beaming with excitement and so were the people around him, and Spence yep. Eccles, I think, if I remember correctly, was there, just beaming with excitement. And the coaches were all in the back row, ashen white in terror. <laughs> 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 
what have we just gotten into? Right. Like, oh, my God, we don't have the – this one does – if you're a BYU, Kalani, you know, obviously, like Kyle was sitting in the back, Ash and White, too. But, like, Amy was the softball coach. And I remember just looking back, right, and Elaine Elliott shortly thereafter retired. And, um, like, I wonder, like, how the – other BYU coaches or all the BYU coaches are feeling like is Kerry Roberts, the golf coach being like, all right, we're good. We're good. We can handle They're this salivating. Or are they, or, or are they sitting there saying, Oh God, no, like, cause they're all, they're all really good. Those sports. Yeah. I think they're probably fine. Much more than Utah was at the time. Well, and also, and the big frankly, 12, the big 12, the big 12 is, is good. are good, but they're not the PAC 12. No, the, the, like, the PAC 12 is the top. Right. In those other sports. In those other sports, yes, absolutely. I remember Chris Hill saying that you could finish eighth in volleyball in the Pac-12 and still make the tournament. Yeah, there right. was one. I mean, there was one year the Pac-12 put like six teams of the eight in the softball college World Series. Yeah, right. It was. They've right. all won it. Yeah. I mean, like Lynn Roberts last year, the women's basketball coach at Utah had like a week in which they played like the fourth, fifth, first, and ninth ranked teams in the country, and that was like their uh-huh. four-game sequence. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's a pretty good way to make sure that your team has no confidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get better. But, uh, yeah, I think BYU and the other stuff can handle it. And uh, football, they've got to cash in now. They've got to expand the recruiting base and get some other kids. And the transfer portal is going to be effective right. because we all know that a 21-year-old is much more mature, and if you present the rules to him – or her, for that matter, at uh, 21, 22, that they can handle that and they can, okay, I can handle it because it's for a short time, short time, meaning obviously the non-LDS kid versus somebody who's 17, right. 18 years old, and that seems overwhelming. That's a foreign environment, particularly if you're minority, because we know, as you put out with your stats yesterday on Twitter, there's not a lot of African Americans in our state. Right. You know, I think it's a little bigger jump on those Olympic sports. I mean, volleyball's going to be fine, right? That's elite. I think those no, other ones, women's like soccer? women's basketball, so women's soccer will be fine. But I yeah. still think it's a little bigger jump than we're, we're, we're I'll give you women's basketball. I'll, I'll give you women's basketball. But we're also okay. counting on their program being elevated, too, because Kyle Whittingham will tell you a thousand times over that right off the bat they got into homes that there was no way they could get into. And we're seeing it now. We're seeing it with the amount of NFL talent that is essentially a pipeline from the University of Utah to the NFL. How many of those kids would they have been able to get? They got a kid here who's a starting cornerback, Clark Phillips, and he decommitted from Ohio State to come to Utah. Well, if they're in the Mountain West, does he do that? Probably no. not. And so we're counting on a little bit of a surge and a bump for their recruiting because they are now going to be, in a couple years, full-fledged members of the Big 12. And the Big 12, Mr. Locke, I have been told, is not content with these four teams, that they have some aspirations and they're looking to poach uh, from the Pac-12, if they can do it, if not there, other places. So that Bowlesby, he's been re-energized, and he's fired up to try to make this the best that it could possibly be. So I don't know that this is the entirety of the Big 12. There might be more down the line. I don't know that there will be, but I do know they're going to make every effort, particularly I can't name teams, but just look to the Southwest. Well, and you also make a great you guys have both made a good point. Like when Kyle and all the other coaches were talking about how to do this at Utah, there wasn't this idea that 35% of your roster was going to come from the transfer portal or whatever percent it is. That's right true now. also, so yes. When you're talking, okay, well, we know we're starting football in 23-24. 
you know, you know, suddenly the 25% of your roster in every single one of these sports is going to be transfer portal kids that now suddenly want to come to they decide not to go to BYU or there's, you know, that that makes the uh, the adaptation to a higher level much. Oh, easier. for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could start mining that now, basically, because now they only have one more season because it's the twenty three twenty four academic year, I believe it is, which means obviously you've only got the twenty two football season remaining after this one, and so all your recruiting now will be geared toward an entirely different venue and just an, a, a landscape is dramatically changed. Right now, and I know they've been telling recruits that, too. That's how I found out about Utah going to Pac-12 is because recruits' parents were telling me, they're telling them, my kid, that you're going to play in the Pac-12. Right. You know, I also think you've made another point that I had not thought about before. Asking a 17- or 18-year-old kid who's high on, not like high, but like high on life because he's a big time recruit and everything else to come who's non-LDS to come to BYU and live that lifestyle at 18, like no chance, right? Like there's things at 18 that are driving you that like I'm not giving up. Asking the 21 year old who might not have just gotten playing time who actually for two years has done all those things to do it for really for 14 months. Yeah, that's not, that's a very different ask on a kid. At a more mature stage, I had not thought about that before, but that's a really interesting. And I'll give you an example. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. Tyson Williams comes to BYU, independent era, right? Not Big Twelve, but he's the Ravens' starting running back after three injuries. He was on their team. He wasn't going to be their starter, but he's an NFL guy. You can get an NFL guy at a position that BYU sometimes struggles at, and sometimes they've had really good running backs, but sometimes they struggle at running back. You can get an NFL guy out of the portal at BYU as an independent. So you would think in the Big 12 you could get a steady stream of that, maybe competition. The U.S. has multiple running backs who look good. We'll see what they do you know, against a higher level of competition, but they pass the eyeball test. I think one. what you're saying is pretty much playoffs by 2026. <laughs> tell, tell Kalani that. <laughs> okay, but about competition going into this league, you're going to love these numbers, Yak. Yak. Well, you'll love these numbers, Yak, but uh, David Locke also. Yak and Locke. Locke. Yak and Locke. I only missed by one letter. <laughs> It's close. BYU, BYU against Oklahoma and Texas, the two teams leaving the league, all-time 6-1. and one. Against the three teams coming in with them, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, 7-1. and one. Not a lot of games against yeah. the rest of the league. Random games a long time ago in bowl games, you know, one bowl game in the 90s against Kansas, um, K-State, Iowa State, it's all kind of the same. Oklahoma State, two bowl games in the 70s. So what you're saying is BYU doesn't join the league if Texas and Oklahoma stay. (laughs) Because it would downgrade their schedule, their strength of schedule, because they beat them all the time. They wouldn't have joined because uh, (laughs) Texas and Oklahoma would have blocked it like they did last time. The fact is, Utah to the Pac-12 and BYU to the Big 12 both hinge on what Texas and Oklahoma do. Because there's a pecking (laughs) order. Right. Yeah. Those two schools get to do whatever they want, and then everybody else yeah. has to react. So what? In is in. That's right. True story. But again, BYU and Utah, you talk about how different they are, but really, it's how similar they are. Brothers. They both had to wait for Texas and Oklahoma to decide what they were doing. Right. David, as always, we appreciate it. Um, who wins the Holy War? Uh, we're both picking Utah. I mean, they don't pick against the streak like, until what's the, it ends. What, what's the, what's the line? They rarely, they, it's the line seven, and that's probably about right. If I had to pick, I would probably take the over. But, I mean, you're talking about ten instead of four. 
Okay, it's I'm not, not. It's not I'm a blowout very often. It's not a blowout very often. Right. Two years ago, I you had an 11 win team, and they won comfortably. They went very comfortably two years ago. They had an 11 win okay, team. Two, two final things, and then I know I, I know Yak wants me to go. Um, I haven't watched either team. I don't know a player on either team other than I hear Britton Covey's like in his 11th year, so I still know him. Um, <laughs> what are three things that I should keep an eye on watching in this game? Can BYU run the ball? Because they've okay. got an, a young, inexperienced quarterback. He looks talented, but if the whole game rests on his shoulders, I would mm-hmm. think that would make Kyle Whittingham and you fans really happy. So Tyler Algiers, Tyler Algiers is a good back, but they're going to be able to run the ball against that youth front. So I'd watch for that right away. Give him a couple more. PK, Come on, you're hot. Well, yeah, it's your show, too. you got one more. <laughs> That's one. Give him one thing you're going to watch for. I want to see BYU's tight ends involved more so in the offense because they're wildly talented. I think they got the two potential NFL dudes on there, and so they didn't use them that much against the Wildcats. So what can they do there? And then from Utah's perspective, or from BYU's perspective, keep an eye on Devin Lloyd because he might be the best player we've had in this state in a long time. Who's this? Their linebacker. I think, is he zero? Is that his number now, Devin Lloyd? Yeah, yeah, number zero on the defense. He is just a big-time stud. He he might be, I, I don't go that far back, uh, the best linebacker in the state since fill-in-the-blank, uh, some BYU stud somewhere. Kyle Whittingham? <laughs> well, guys who played a long time in the NFL. Well, Kirk Givea played for a decade. He, Who's he the got, best lineman we've had? You know, like. Uh, lineman? Boy, someone, that's a, which, which, which side? Either side. Either side. Like Star Lotulele was the best for a long time. Uh, Jordan Gross, uh, John okay. Tate. No, I was saying defensive lineman. I was thinking the other oh, side. Defense Jason lineman. Buck won the Outland Trophy and won Jason. a Super Bowl. All right, so, so Buck and then Ellis <laughs> after that. Good. That's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ellis is more recent. That's the best. Yeah. yeah. And he, we All right, one more, one more thing. Watch, watch you. Watch Utah's quarterback, Charlie Brewer. Last thing, then we really have to go. But he threw for 9,000 yards in the Big 12, but Big 12 defenses are bad. As PK points out, Tulane just scored 35 points against Oklahoma. And he was 15 for 15 in the spring game, but it's a spring game. Try not to snicker. And then he was really good against uh, – the problem was the drops, actually. He was really good against Weber State, but obviously they're a big sky team. So you can't – yeah, but him forever. At some point, he's a really good college quarterback, but there'll be a lot of emotion in this game, and will he remember? Remain as pinpoint accurate as he's been. So watch for that. Okay, I will. All right, David. Thank you. We have to run. You're Murdoch Hyundai. Let me know. I'll come down. I'll drive my Hyundai down. Say hi. (laughs) Blake likes that. Blake likes that. He's sitting right here. Way to go, David. Say hi to Jason. Say hi to Blake for me. Say hi to Jason Creech. You're at the Murray store, right? No, we're we're in Linden today. Oh, you're in Linden. Oh. It, I don't know if they have any on because it's like the most popular car ever. But go look at that Palisade; it's incredible. It's like it's dreamy. It's incredible. I think DJ we do have one here. One. We do have one here for people to see, David. So we appreciate Ooh. that plug. Go look at those. And I won't. Yeah. I won't lie to you. I don't mind the thirty-five miles a gallon I'm getting on the Sonata right now. That's not a bad thing right now. That is not a bad thing. Thank you, David. Wait, do you need me to do the Murdoch read right now? <clears throat> No, hey, we have Blake sitting right here. I don't know if David know, does it I, so Blake well. Blake and I can do so we can, uh, you know, Blake and okay, I can go, do it. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. All right, so Blake, the Elantra wins North American Car of the Year this year. Tell me about that. 
unbelievable car. If, if you haven't had a chance to see it, the design on it alone and the technology that it comes with is uh, it, it's second to none. There isn't anything in its segment that even comes close, including a credit card key. You know, keyless entry and uh, and accessible through your mobile phone. So just one of those super cool features. And then, of course, if you want the hybrid version in that Elantra, uh, I mean, you're you're near 50 miles per gallon and in the most sporty looking car in that segment. So just a few things. I've always been blown away with all the Hyundai's I've driven about all the technological advancements. In fact, uh, I test drove one and it had that you pushed the. Uh, turning signal and it turned my miles per hour into a camera so i don't have to look back and take my eyes off the road i can just keep it and see what's in my blind spot i end up buying that car solely for that feature what are some of the other incredible hyundai features that are out right now yeah blind spot cameras is one of those super cool features but uh one of my favorites is is how uh autonomous these vehicles actually drive um you know tesla tesla gets the uh gets the award for the best hype but as far as actual features and functionality you get a new Hyundai Santa Fe or Tucson, the features that come standard that will drive your vehicle for you uh, are just unbelievable. I'm currently driving a Sonata like you, and when I have to commute from Linden to Murray, there's two buttons I have to push, one that keeps me in the center of the lane and one that keeps me, keeps the distance between me and the car in front of me. And I, I might as well take a nap on, on the way because it, it does all the work for you. It's, it's just unbelievable. Hmm, Murdoch Hyundai and Linden. In Logan, also at 4646 South State Street, check it all out. What are some of the special deals for people right now going on if they're interested in a, in a Hyundai right now, Blake? I'd say the most uh, enticing deal right now is 0% for five years uh, on most of the inventory. Uh, the other thing that I think is really uh, interesting with the shortage of new vehicle inventory everywhere, regardless of the make, uh, is that it is really tempting and justifiable for dealers to mark up their vehicles above msrp and i i mean i i get it because there's not a lot to sell and you gotta you gotta be able to make up for the lot the, the loss of volume uh that is something that we don't do uh we we uh don't ever charge over msrp and that being the case we have people calling us from out of state when they see our vehicles listed online because it is genuinely the best deal that they can find on these super hot products so i think that's the best deal and, and knowing that we're gonna we're gonna be here to take care of them so dj and David. PK coming up with more on the big 12 <laughs> more on the holy war and the jazz season starts in 20 some odd days it's all coming up we're live at murdoch hyundai in logan linden and in murray it's dj and pk on 1280 the zone and 97.5 fm